everyone. Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital. Welcome to Medically Speaking. And I have an incredible um, assistant tonight. Her name is Emily. She is the daughter of the physician joining us tonight, Emily Roden. Emily, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for being part of the team. She she cued in our music. Johnny K's got her all set. So Emily, is she's learning the ropes here at WATR. So great job, Emily. Thank you again. Um, so tonight, um, it is my pleasure to have in studio with us, Dr. Dennis Roden. Hi, Dr. Roden. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. We are talking tonight about sports medicine, sports injuries. And Dr. Roden is an orthopedic surgeon here in the greater Waterbury area with Waterbury Orthopedics. And forgive me because I'm working with my little iPhone tonight because I left my iPad, so it keeps shutting off on me. But I wanted to uh, make sure that I pulled up all the information on Dr. Roden so that I do him do justice. But you've been part of the greater Waterbury area for a while. Since uh, 2002. Since 2002. And you just told me you hailed from New York, from Long Island. I grew up in Long Island, yeah. So we were just talking because in his bio, he talks about being a New York sports fan. So I got a little excited. I thought maybe we had another fellow Yankee, but I have a Mets fan next to me. Yeah, sorry to those Yankees fans. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. The the Yankees drift to the Mets. We have really good Mets friends, so we're we're okay with that. The Mets are doing well. The Mets are doing very well this year. But then, on the other side of the coin, you're a Jets fan. I am a Jets fan. But my husband is a long-suffering Jets fan, so you're in good company tonight. It's been a long time. Yeah, I've been, I, I'm i older than you, so I've been sitting on the couch with my husband since we were 15. So that takes me back to 1975, and I've been watching them lose ever since. And it's not been pretty. No, I'm right with you. You're right with me. <laughs> so to talk a little bit about um, Dr. Roden, I wanted to let you know exactly what um, Dr. Roden is, is in, what he's going to be do- talking about tonight, I'm sorry, in sports medicine, but also talking a little bit about his passion and why you went in the direction of orthopedics. I think that's interesting to um, our listeners out there. Also, sports medicine is a big topic, sports injuries. It's a really broad big topic and i think this time of year you're starting to see more and more more and more yep as as the weather's getting nicer and people are getting outside and and picking up activities they left off last summer um all right. the injuries are going to start to come the injuries again. start coming back and and we shouldn't have been very docile this summer this winter because we had a really mild winter so you would think we've gotten our exercise in but i, I don't know that that's always the case no no, no we're not doing our stretching no, no. And and I think it's also the, the repetition. And people are going to start doing things more frequently than they had been over the winter. And that's what can lead to injuries as well. Well, definitely. So you, what led you to the greater Waterbury area from Long Island? Um, my wife, partly. Your wife. See, it's always that woman. It's always that <laughs> um, woman bringing it. Yeah, we're, uh, I'm a New Yorker. My wife is uh, from Massachusetts. So uh, this was halfway in between. was halfway in between. was halfway in between. So Waterbury is settled on. Yeah. Of all places. Of all places. Of all places. The greater Waterbury area. People don't realize that Waterbury is a very unique, a unique city. We have a lot of culture, for sure. We have incredible history, like our WATR, like Emily's learning tonight. And we have a lot of passionate sports enthusiasts who tend to be weekend warriors, as we say. Yes. So yes. when this time of year, now I know that you do everything from sports injuries with a younger generation, you know, like the teen sports. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's 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 put this in segments. So I'd like to talk about the younger crew because I know that you are the sports doctor for um, Holy Cross. I am. Correct. Yeah. So when you look at that, what does that encompass? Covering the, the school. Yeah, um, covering uh, the school. Uh, really, just um, um, an avenue. Of 
to send patients to, right. um, you know, for, for the for the kids who are getting hurt in, in the various sports. Um, you know, football being probably the the, the the most injured sport, you know, that, that I see in terms of patients. What so. do you tend to see with the football? Um, oh, anything, you know, ankles, knees, you know, uh, elbows, shoulders, and, and, you know, now, you know, the hot thing is concussions, you know, particularly That is a big deal with, with concussions. That's yeah. huge. Let's talk a little bit about that with concussions. What do you look for with concussion with kids? Uh, well, I mean, at, at the time of injury, you know, you're looking for, for headaches, you're looking right. for nausea, um, mechanism of injury, you know, what, what exactly happened uh, in terms of the, the energy that caused um, the impact, um, memory loss, which, which memory you can't see. Loss um, of consciousness. Loss of consciousness in severe cases. What, do you, what would you normally do to diagnose uh, concussion. Um, you know, again, it's it's uh, knowing exactly what happened and then monitoring symptoms. So right. you, you want to know exactly what um, you know what the patient is feeling at the time in terms of, of symptoms: dizziness, lightheadedness, nausea. Is there of that is there any uh, imaging or anything like that that can give you a broader look if it is a concussion? In more severe cases, right. um, you know, usually we just monitor, you know, keep them out of the game, obviously, because right. you don't want to avoid further injury. Um, I think if symptoms persist right. is when imaging may be um, necessary. So when, a kid, when one of your students gets a concussion, how long are they generally kept out of a game and allowed back to play? Uh, really till they're symptom free. Really? Um, you know, and, and now there's a, a big push to not only um, keeping them out of sport-related activities, mm. but also out of school. Really? Because the cognition, in terms of concentrating uh, at school, can also um, uh, make symptoms linger a little bit longer. And there's, are there new rules and guidelines with concussion? I know there's been a lot of talk. Uh, yes. You know, I think there, there are, uh, people are much more uh, careful uh, right. in terms of, of returning um, uh, patients to sport and, and activity. So I think it's, um, you know, my philosophy is just err on the side of caution, and I'll, and I'll be more conservative with them. And even with the helmets, these kids are still getting it. Is it, is it because they don't know how to hit? Is it because they don't know how to fall? I mean, what, I what tends to lead to it? some of it may be technique. I think yeah. just it's, football is a, you know. It's a rough sport. It's a brutal sport. And, you know, there's it's a, scary. You know, um, you know, high energy uh, impact, and, and this is what happens. Some of the other um, injuries that occur, I'm sure, during um, a football a game with with um, teenagers is their lack of knowledge on good body mechanics. I'm sure, in regards to you know because they're just so aggressive, the kids, and they all want to do so well. And so I'm sure you see a lot of technique issues, as we just said, in regards to concussion. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's going to fall to the coaches a lot right. of time. I know that's been brought up, you know, with the whole um, uh, NFL concussion uh, yeah. problem in terms of, of tackling techniques and, and things of that nature. It's, um, I think, when you're in the heat of the moment, though, right? You know, sometimes you just don't think about technique. You don't. You don't think about your technique. Adrenaline takes over, and and these kids have been playing for so long. They start in Pop Warner, I'm sure, and then you know they go. My my son only played football for freshman year at Holy Cross, and then he was done. Right. He's like, I'm all set. <laughs> I'm all set. I'll go back Not to baseball. Of a concussion, no, I'll go back to baseball. No, he was like, this isn't fun. He like he loved being on the team. Had a great time. And he's like, mm, I'll right. play. I'll play baseball. Baseball was a more fun sport and golf. Right. A little bit safer. A little yes, bit safer. Definitely. So when we when we st we're staying with football just a little bit. 
what are some of the other injuries you see other than concussion? Um, I'm thinking the quarterback throwing. You definitely see some shoulder injuries, you know, dislocations, um, you know, for, for injuries you see on the field. Um, but a lot of times it's more of the repetition. So when a quarterback and the thrower, you know, with that repetitive motion, you'll start to see some, you know, maybe biceps tendon problems, some rotator cuff issues. Um, a lot of times it's just overuse. It's just inflammation right. and it's um, you just need to, to rest from that activity. Yeah, that's so tough. You know, you have a big game coming up and then all of a sudden. So what do you do to get them back in shape? What do you do for someone? You know, let's say let's say they, they have the tendonitis. Um, well, again, I think rest activity modification is the big thing. And, and I hate telling, you know, particularly oh. the high school and the coaches that, and the coaches. <laughs> but, you know, in the office, it, there's a lot of tears sometimes yeah. when I say they, you know, the, the recommendation is not to play. Right. Um, you know, and how long that lasts is really going to vary depending on, on the symptoms. Um, and I think physical therapy is often helpful. You know, it's just doing an exercise program for whatever body part is injured to get the, the inflammation down and strengthen the, the muscles and tendons around and that it's particular movement. joint. And it's movement, too, I'm sure. You need to keep moving it because then it stiffens up, but it's not that aggressive movement. Right. So it's a more, it would be something that, like you said, more repetitious and slower right. to get them back to the degree where, you know, they can play, but not throw it back out. Right. Right. Now, what about a dislocation? So a dislocation, you know, that would be more common in a, in a uh, impact type of injury, you know, similar right. to a concussion, you know, at, at the time of play on the field. Um, you know, that's something that's more of an emergent problem. Um, what would you do in regards to a dislocation? I'm sure it depends. Um, um, they're probably not all, all created equal. No, no, you know, <laughs> and, and it, you know, it depends on circumstances. You want to you wanna get that back into place as soon as possible. So, you know, sometimes it's done on the field. Oh, God, you know, I've seen other, that. other times, you know, it's done in the emergency room, you know, where we can With sedate the pain, patient. A little bit of pain med. Make it a little bit more comfortable. A little bit more comfortable instead of popping it back in. But when it's popped back in, it usually feels better right away, right? Yeah, it's usually a huge it's a relief. big relief. But I'm yeah. sure then you're worried about there might have been tearing or... Yeah, which is always a, a possibility. In the younger patient, not as often. You know, you can see a labral tear, you know, with okay. a shoulder dislocation. And what's that? So the labrum um, is, a, is a ring of tissue around the shoulder socket portion of the joint, right. um, which acts as a, kind of a buttress um, for the shoulder. And so with a dislocation, that's typically torn off the bone. Mm. Um, Sometimes it needs to be fixed if people have, have continued issues afterwards. Right. Um, right. Recurrent instability, it keeps popping out. You know, that typically leads to a surgical um, solution. And what about physical therapy with a, a dislocation? Um, definitely, I think, a big part of it as well. You know, initially we have to let things settle down. So we right. usually immobilize you, um, you know, limit motion to allow things to heal. And then later on... You and know, rest does the work. People don't realize it, but rest does work. It's not always a jump to surgery. No, absolutely right? not. No, I think probably most things that I see are, are treated conservatively initially. Um, and I learned that from you the other day when, when we met to talk about the radio show, because I think when we think orthopedic, when we think orthopedic surgery, right away we think surgery. We don't realize it's really orthopedic care right. also. Right. So it's your knowledge of the injury and how, what, whatever you can do to prevent a surgery, you're going to try that first. Absolutely. And monitor it. You know, I mean, there are some exceptions, you right. know, and, and you break a break a bone that's out of place. Definitely. I mean, sometimes that that needs to be fixed. But with the the sport, you know, a lot with the sport related injuries, the the overuse type of injuries, most of those are treated conservatively. 
you know, again, with periods of rest and, and exercise. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, people don't want to take that time, though. That's the problem. Well, it, it's a longer uh, course. Yeah. Um, they, and, everybody and, wants a, we all want a quick fix. Right, right. We all want a quick fix, but it's you so know, tough. What surgery sounds like a quick fix, but the rehab afterwards is often longer. Oh, so you may be out of, out of um, you know, that sport for even longer than if you go with the conservative approach. Oh, definitely. Sometimes. Now, what are some of the other injuries? I'm thinking with football, because I want to kind of stay on that for now. When I watch the game itself, I don't watch a lot of high school football, but in just watching college football and watching um, the the NFL, some of the injuries in the tackling, you get a lot of injuries in the knees and the legs when, yeah. a, patient, when a person is tackled. And also even in the non-contact um, injury. So a lot of times there's no um, um, tackling involved with, say, an ACL tear. Right. You know, it's just a planting of the foot that gets stuck and then a twisting motion. So mm-hmm. a lot of times it's a non-contact injury. Emily, um, are you in charge of the board over there? <laughs> Johnny left her for a minute. <laughs> so that, and you know, that's that quick stop and turn. Right. Yeah. Usually it's a it's a rotation um, injury. Um, the knees are a peculiar peculiar part of our body because they they sustain a lot of shock. Yep. There are yep. shock absorbers, yep. I think, in a lot of us, yep. and I think when you get those injuries younger. It's definitely more difficult as you get older because you tend to just continue to get those injuries. Yeah, I, I live with a man who did that. <laughs> who had surgery. Who's yeah, had yeah. so many and yeah, it needs two total knees, but we're mm-hmm. we're just pushing it off to retirement. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean the thing with knee injuries is that you can you can treat a problem again, whether conservative or surgical. But a lot of times it does kind of last with you. And, you know, 20, 30 years later, you treat a high school, you know, student. Right. But 30 years later, when they're still, you know, a young person. Right. They can run into issues. Definitely. And are you seeing with a lot of the injuries to the knee that now, what would you do? Like, with kids, you get an MRI right away? I mean, just to make sure they don't have a tear? Yeah, I think, again, it's individualized. Right. So, um, you know, you can get a lot off of um, the history, what right. happened, what, you know, where is the pain? Where's the pain? You know, in the physical exam. I right. mean, you know, you can... I'm stretching my knee out because <laughs> I I thought I tore a meniscus, but it's good. It's hurting you just talking no, it's about good. it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like, doesn't it feel better? Um, but on, on a physical exam, you can, you can gain a lot of information and kind yeah. of pinpoint is this a meniscus tear is it a more of a, of a ligament injury like an ACL um, MRIs are great to confirm it you know sometimes if I'm not really sure to the extent of the injury you know an MRI is definitely helpful we hear a lot about ACL that's one of the biggest things that you hear. I hear a lot about that in baseball, in basketball, rather. Yeah. Especially yeah. in girls. Girls, yeah. Soccer players. Soccer. You know, also. Um, and so uh, what would you, what do you, what are, what's the first sign? How? What's the differentiation for you when you take that history, thinking that it's an ACL over a meniscus? You know, I, I, I think just when I hear the story of how it happened. How it happened. I pretty much can, can, you know, have a high suspicion. So if you hear or feel a pop at the time of injury, there's probably over 90% chance that you tore your ACL. And that's painful. Um, that is painful. It, t- painful. it feels different than a meniscus, I think, too. Yeah, I think initially it's probably more uncomfortable. I, I can't. I can't speak personally yeah. since I, my ACLs are are still okay. Thank but, goodness. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's uh, you, you bleed a lot in the joint. You usually end up with a lot of swelling those first couple of days, and it's um, you know, painful range of motion. You know, you're limping around a little bit. Now, what do you do for the ACL? So, is that always a surgery? Uh, you know, again, it's individualized. Right. I, don't, I don't think every ACL tear, you know, needs to be fixed surgically. You know, I, I think we're more aggressive in the younger population because it's going to improve the mechanics of the knee and let them right. get back to sport. Right. Um, 
But initially, um, we let the knee quiet down. You know, have to let that swelling get down, have to um, get their range of motion back. And even, you know, on that first or second visit when we're even talking about surgery, we often wait, you know, at least four to six weeks and let things settle down before we really, you know, schedule the, the, the surgical date. And we are definitely an impatient an impatient population, yes. especially in regards to our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell you that, you know, I've people, oh, I tore my, I tore my um, meniscus and I'm like, yeah, well, I think it did the same thing, but I'm going to wait it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes rest is the best thing you can do. And if you, if it impedes your quality of life over a certain period of time, then I think that's when you need intervention because right. you don't have good quality. And that's what you want. Right. I think, uh, you know, again, quality of life, I think, is, is key. And that's yeah. a lot with, with a lot of orthopedic problems. Definitely. You know, if, if, it, if things are tolerable, you know, I ask patients, if, if it's tolerable for you, then we don't really have to get aggressive all right. the time. What about the recovery time from an ACL? So if you have to go in and do surgery, what is generally for the for a younger population? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm thinking back to a uh, a really good friend of mine whose daughter just had it done. She's a, a soccer player for college and mm-hmm. she's on a scholarship, and um, she had a tough time with it. It's a long it's a long recovery. It's a long recovery. And, and um, uh, you know the first question is you know when am I gonna get back? When am on I the gonna field back? Right, court? especially if you're under a scholarship. Right, that's scary. And uh, and usually it's it's nine to twelve months before mm. before you're cleared for full sport. You're kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's a long recovery. You know, it, it's funny you say that because I'm thinking back to some of the UConn players. I think of Shea Ralph. I think she mm-hmm. had it. Mm-hmm. There's some of the UConn women basketball players, and and they had a hard time coming back, well, or they didn't. You're typically out a year. You know, you miss the season, and you look, you know, depending on on timing, but you, you're typically out a year. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And what do you do therapy wise? What usually happens for them therapy wise? Stretching. Um, well, you know, it's all, you know, phases depending on, you know, wh- how far out you are from surgery. Right, so, right. so initially, um, it's just getting your range of motion back. You know, um, there's pain involved initially. You have to get that under control, get the swelling under control. You know, people tend not to, to move because it hurts you right. know, initially. So the therapy is just initially is geared towards that. Once that's all settled down, your range of motion is um, is is getting better is when you start doing some strengthening. One of the things you said that I just want to go back to for a second is you talked about some bleeding in the tissue, Mm -hmm. which can be really painful. And I'm sure fluid builds up and and Mm -hmm. some people will get fluid around the joint itself. And do you, I've heard of people having their knees drained. Would that be a cause to be draining it or? Typically not. Typically not. Not for an ACL tear. Not for an Um, ACL tear. But it's scary to hear you know, fluid around or, or blood, right. you know, bleeding in the joint itself. Does that, that gets reabsorbed? It gets resorbed. And, and again, I, you know, especially I, in a younger person. Absolutely. And, and the, the, the exam that I see that first week after injury and six weeks later, it's, they're typically normal. They have right. no swelling, you know, they have full motion. Wow. Um, so it, it definitely gets better in time. I think the draining of the knee is more commonly seen in the older population with arthritic knees wow. is, is where we commonly do that. Wow. Well, we believe it or not, we're almost at the break. So we're going to take we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. We have to end a little bit early tonight. So we just want to make sure everybody knows that we're going to be we're going to be leaving for the basketball game. That's that's coming on at about 10 of five of seven. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, some sports injuries. And we're going to focus a little bit maybe on shoulder and elbow. So we'll be right back.
everyone. Robin Sills, welcome back. St. Mary's Hospital, Medically Speaking. And we're medically speaking tonight about sports injuries and orthopedic medicine. And behind our our controls, we have Emily Roden, who decided to come and help us tonight. It's Dr. Roden's daughter. Thank you again, Emily, for joining us tonight. So Emily did a, is doing a great job. She's playing the music. She's doing. She's. I, I'm. You might have a replacement, Johnny. I think you're out the door. You're out the door. And we're joined tonight by Dr. Dennis Roden, who is an orthopedic surgeon here in Greater Waterbury with Waterbury Orthopedics. And I'll give you some of that information at the end of the program. And again, just so everyone knows, we are going to be ending around ten of tonight, so that we can join my alma mater in the Sacred Heart game and hopefully root on our city boys to a championship, which is going to be. Hopefully exciting for us here. So we'll 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 slide aside tonight a little bit so we can let uh, our uh, Sacred Heart guys on early. And also, if you have any questions for Dr. Roden, we encourage you to call in 203-757-1320. Now, Dr. Dennis Roden has been in our area since 2002. He is the chairman of the orthopedic surgery at St. Mary's Hospital in our operating room. So that's a new title for you. Yeah. Just another hat for you to wear. Another hat. So you're chairing our orthopedic division of surgery, and we're so excited excited that you're in that role with us. And you're also part of a team at our Naugatuck Valley Surgery Center, Yeah, which is really neat. Yeah, which is also new for me. Which is really neat. Now, it's a team of physicians that we um, brought together um, as a community, brought together all different specialties to help look at surgeries at the surgery center help to make them grow make them more efficient Mm -hmm. and also to look at the quality and it's doing incredibly well yeah because groups that are led by physicians and run by physicians and hospital supported is an incredible incredible way to run medicine in the city and you guys have done a great job giving us phenomenal input on the things you need to provide the best patient care possible yeah no it's it's been working out great you know it's been it's a working great out team, really team well. approach and it's a really good team approach and you look at a lot of different things you look at technique you look at equipment you look at quality you look at time starts patient satisfaction mm-hmm. which i think is huge mm-hmm. one of the big things i know that we focus yeah. on is the efficiency for patients to oh, get in and get out right right, right. and then that's you know you want to you want to get them home you want to get them home and i know you you really enjoy doing surgery there at the surgery center they do a good job they do a great job they're an incredible team it's led by joan thompson we have a call call. okay hold on hi thank you so much for calling hey how are you good how are you doing well i'm actually a former patient of dr roden's calling and i turned on the radio and heard you interviewing him oh it's great dr roden this is a former patient of yours oh I just put my headphones on, so I didn't hear. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I tore my ACL skiing back in 2005, and you were you were my attending uh, orthopedic. Hi, what's your name? Uh, my name is Rich. I live in Naugatuck, and uh, you were terrific. Uh, and I was wondering, at the time, you suggested that uh, not only not do I do surgery, but that you go ahead and go through uh, physical therapy. And believe it or not, it was a partial tear, and uh, it repaired it. And I asked you at the time if there was anything else I could be doing, and you introduced me to glucosamine. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering if you still recommend that. I do. I do. I, I, I think that that um, can play a, a great role in, in reducing our arthritis-related pain. Um, and even with ACL tears, people are prone to develop arthritis you know, over the years. So I think that's something that, that uh, some patients like yourself really do well with. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't help everybody, but I think it's a, it's a great alternative to help with pain. 
Well, I, I noticed myself, and I've also shared it with other people over the years, and uh, I think my knees are stronger afterwards because of the glucosamine, and I still take it to this day, and that was a long time ago. That's great. That's great. Hey, super great hearing from you. You too. Well, thank you so much for listening and for calling in. Have a good night. You too. Thanks. Thank you. See, there is your 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 audiences out there. Yeah, they're listening. So that's interesting. The glucosamine. So you recommend that for a lot of older your older population. Yeah, I mean, well, not necessarily older, but more for arthritis related pain. You know, and not and not just in knees. It can work for you know all all joints. Um, and um, it really has you know almost no side effects. You know, I, I think it's worthwhile to try and and. You know, I tell patients, if it doesn't work, you stop taking it. But I, I think it can work well. Do you see um, arthritis starting in that younger generation? You know, if you've injured something, you know, since we're talking a little bit about arthritis, I know I shared with you that when I was 19, I had a fracture in my hip because I was in a pretty bad right. car accident. And you do get arthritis right away. It's amazing sometimes. Right? I mean, if you don't move that joint. Yeah, it's... Um, you know, a lot of it's wear and tear, and even yeah. you know, I, I recently saw it on a surgery I did over the past week or two in a in a in a really young person, and um, there's unfortunately not a whole lot we can do in that age group right. except just get them by and control their pain, and and you know, uh, really tell them to modify their activity so there's just you know low impact across the joint. Low impact is definitely huge, and I noticed for me personally, I need to move. Mm -hmm. If I don't move. It stiffens up. Right. So even though you're modifying your activity, there's something to be said to keep the joint moving because it keeps it no question. lubricated. No question. And arthritic joints in particular get stiff. They get so, stiff. You know, people go on long car rides or right. they sit oh, and watch a two or three hour movie and they go to get up. Those first few steps are hard and they get going uh, and then it feels a little bit it's better. It's like cranking an old jalopy. Right. To get us moving in the morning. The two, my husband and I getting out of bed in the morning is not a pretty sight. The two of us cranking us up to getting us out the door. You got to start taking glucosamine. Oh, I, gotta start, I should start taking glucosamine. Is there any contraindications with any other medications if you're on glucosamine? I mean, like, is it, you know, like if you're, say you're on a blood thinner. Could you take it? I believe so. You know, off the top of my head, I don't think there are really any contraindications. You could check with your doctor, but if you can't, because there's so many over-the-counter it's all It's all over-the-counter. Is there? Do you recommend getting it in a health food store? Is there... No, no. No, because I mean, they're all It's sold people. at all the pharmacies. Yeah. It's sold, um, you know, it's it's very accessible. It's it's interesting because I did, I put my husband on that for the longest time, but... He he's a he's a sad case. We'll talk about him another time. Poor Rich. I know I always bring him up, huh, Johnny? You see, why do I keep him around, Johnny? He's falling apart. Poor guy. We talked about football, and we kind of mentioned soccer a bit. But there's a sport out. There's a couple of sports out there that are not your. I'm going to say most popular sports that get you know all the attention um, in high school sports, but tennis and golf. Mm -hmm. You know, although not high impact. I'm sure you see a ton of sports injuries with those. So, you know, I'm sure out there we have a lot of weekend golfers, yeah. you know, in addition to our younger population as golfers. And I'm sure we have a lot of tennis players. There's some beautiful tennis courts in the greater Waterbury area, especially the Fulton Park area where I played tennis as a young kid. Yeah. So, you know, what would you say are some of the bigger, you know, issues and injuries with that? And what could you do? 
That's um, you know, that's probably more common in the older population. Oh, thanks. Um, not well, not, I mean, <laughs> but older, older. I mean, not high school. Right. So, I mean, you right. know, I mean, you don't have to be. Although, although I did have a um, a patient in their nineties who uh, that I saw today who really wanted to get back to the golf course as soon as Gotta possible. Gotta be kidding. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing that. <laughs> there, uh, and there's a population out there, an older population that still plays tennis. Oh, no question. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was a big sport here in Waterbury because yeah. we did. We had all those courts. But what are some of the injuries you tend to see with that? For tennis um, specifically, it's usually usually upper extremity, so mm-hmm. a lot a lot of shoulder and elbow problems in tennis players, um, and and like we were talking about before, it's typically overuse. It's not right. a one swing where where someone feels something go. It's usually something that kind of comes on over time, and and they'll come in with kind of vague pains in either their shoulder or their elbow. And what's that term, tennis elbow? What is that? So that's te- a that's a vague term too. That's a all catch all. Yeah. I well, think. tennis elbow. Um, um, is it real? It is real. It is definitely real. real. Definitely real. Um, so tennis elbow, there's, there's, um, it's, it's referring to the muscles that extend and flex your wrist. So there's muscles on the inside of your wrist, which actually is also called golfer's elbow, and then tennis elbow is usually more on the outside of the, um, of the elbow. And Another how do you term treat for that? it is lateral lepicondylitis. How would you treat that? Most of the time, it's treated conservatively. Mm. So a lot of people, again, it's that rest and, and activity modification that we have to do. Um, an exercise program to strengthen those muscles often do the trick. Mm. Um, Which people th- don't like to do. That's the other thing. With with physical therapy and those exercise programs, people just want a quick fix right. or you know, a pill that's going to fix it or you know, a quick surgery. Okay, I'm good to go. Right. But it's putting the work in after, You have right? to put the work in. And, and with the exercises, I usually tell people it's probably going to be a minimum of four to six weeks mm-hmm. before you really start noticing improvements. And usually longer, really, to get you know back to, to normal with complete resolution of right. your symptoms. Huh. Um, when that's not working, you know, we can often give a steroid injection too, um, a cortisone Which injection. Which is so bad. It's so bad because we tend to then use it and right. we don't rest it. Right. That makes me nuts. My husband gets those. And I'm like, yeah, but now you you use the knee and you think it's going to be perfect. It's a, it's a short-term relief. Short-term relief. Yes, it is. It Definitely is. short-term. Not solving the problem. Definitely it's really just to make you more comfortable. How about with golf? Do you see with, with swinging? Do you see a lot of injuries with shoulder? Um, or just or more elbow? Um, definitely, you can see some shoulder. I, I think uh, uh, elbows are more common. And a lot of back injuries in golf with that twisting <laughs> motion with the swing. So, oh, definitely. You know, I mean, um, you know, and, and low back pain is common in everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes those motions and walking an 18-hole course can also, you know, bring that pain on. Oh, come on. How many of our guys are walking the That's court? True. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They're in those carts. Yes. They're in the carts now, e- everywhere. Even even in East Mountain, they're using yeah. the carts. Yeah. Nobody's walking anymore. It's so bad. Now, we're hitting the spring, hmm. and it's almost opening day. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Yeah. And they are in spring training. Yeah. And so are our young men out there in high school, but as well as our older population, because I know my husband played when we got married three nights a week, Mm because there's modified, there's slow pitch, there's so many different leagues here in the greater Waterbury area. What do you tend to see with our baseball players out there? I think it's depending on the level of competition that we're talking about. So, so how know, about the younger population, so, so our high school kids? So the high school kids, um, you know, again, more the, you know, it's usually throwers that I see. Right. Um, so it's going to be shoulder mm-hmm. and elbow problems, especially That's in the pitchers. That's a lot of overthrowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of torque on the, on the shoulder and the elbow for pitchers. Um, and it's just constantly throwing. And they throw and they, you know, and, you know, the pitch counts are really only kept during the game. 
but they're throwing in practice. They're throwing in warm-up sessions, and and you know there's a lot of repetition that can that can lead to problems. And you know I use the analogy of a, of a paperclip, and if you keep bending that paperclip, eventually it's going to break. And, right. and that's what you know uh, what happens a lot of the times in the shoulder and elbow. But it's velocity too. They throw hard. Yeah. I think the act of throwing is okay, but it's the velocity they want them to throw it. I think we have another caller, huh, Johnny? No, I nope. have a question. Oh, you have a question. All right, you're my question. caller, Johnny. Well, no, yeah, we're talking about all these injuries, and what's always gotten me is whether hot or cold is better. Do you put those frozen peas on, or do you put the heating pad on? <laughs> That's a common question. That's a good that, question, that, that, Johnny. That I get, that I get. And, and it depends on when you're having your mm. pain. So in an acute Injury, you know, you twist an ankle right. or, or your shoulder hurts after playing tennis, you want to ice it down. Mm. Um, for more chronic pain or, you know, end of the day not related to activity, it's heat. Mm. Um, but a lot of times I say whatever works. Yeah, whatever, whatever, feel, whatever feels good, Johnny, for sure. Whatever feels good. You know, I mentioned the velocity because I'm, I'm going to go back to these kids are starting at T-ball. Mm. And... I just remember when my son started with T-ball, and we're, we're from Prospect from a small town, and it was so competitive, even in T-ball, mm-hmm. even in T-ball. And they were pulling the kids off the T-ball league, and they were putting them in the minors and then the majors, and then these kids were on four or five teams. Well, that's the problem, is, is that tough. I think kids you know, are, are tending to pick one sport, and they play that one sport. 12 months a year, right. regardless of the sport. If it's an outdoor sport, mm-hmm. they play indoors over the colder months, and um, there's no break. Right. You know, There's no seasons anymore, and mm-hmm. so the repetition becomes more of an issue, because now they're doing it 12 months instead of the three to four months right. um, that they typically... And they're doing... They're, they're using the same muscles versus if they're doing a different sport. Right. And right. maybe using some other muscles to keep them in shape, but doing something else. One of the things that I see with professional baseball is so many injuries now. You see so many injuries in professional sports Mm -hmm. and more than I've ever seen before. And I've heard a lot. I mean, I listen to, I'm one of those geeky women that listens to the fan every day, Mm -hmm. except Mike Francesa is making me nuts lately, but I do enjoy him. Even though he makes me crazy, I thoroughly enjoy him. And I love, especially this time of year listening, but people get injured in spring training. Mm-hmm. And I've listening to some of the uh, sports broadcasters, they talk about the overconditioning of some of these. Is that is that a myth or what would you say well, to that? I mean, I think sometimes um, you can overdo it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I see that too. I, and I have the, the overzealous patients who are doing their exercises 10 times a day. Right. And yeah, I, I think that the, the, your, your um, joints and muscles need a chance to recover from whatever, whether it's the sport or whether it's your exercises you're doing or rehab, right. they need a chance to recover. Right. So I think rest is important and, and I think overdoing it definitely can lead to problems. And they do a lot of lifting. Mm-hmm. And you know they lift these weights and they're so heavy and they're bulking themselves up. But I just, I don't know. You just see so many injuries. Yeah. You know, you just see so many injuries. It's it's amazing to me. And we, we never did that. I mean, the kids never did that. We They just ran. They used to just play the game. Right. And right. run. A lot of running, which is a better conditioning. What, yeah. Well, running leads to its own issues. It's true. <laughs> that is true. I mean, I, won't, I definitely won't go down that road, but that is, that is definitely true. So now, you know, we've talked a bit about that younger generation. And I know as we get older and we've talked already a little bit about arthritis, but we have a huge population out there that definitely tries to stay competitive mm-hmm. as we get older. So I know there's, that, those are probably the majority of what you see. 
yep. in this area, in the greater Wadbury area, yep. which is bringing you back to the surgery center to do procedures. Right, right, right. So what do you see? What do you tend to see most in that older population? I, I think probably um, meniscus tears are, are the most common injury that I see that, that, that leads to surgery, you know, as well. Um, we had a lot of basketball leagues here in greater Waterbury yeah. over the years, as, and they played a lot when they were younger so I'm sure you're seeing that I yeah. mean that pounding on the on the courts yeah yeah I'm There's sure no led to that it's it's that and it's um you know even doing you know again we're you're talking about spring uh, coming around and people getting out and doing yard work and right. gardening and it, um you know meniscus tears you can see just squatting down you know can can lead to a meniscus tear when there's a tear do you tend to have to go in there? I mean, they don't heal themselves, if you told me just a little bit ago. Right, so what do you typically do? And I know this is something you can do at the surgery center. So what do you typically do? So, you know, initially I, I do take that conservative approach again. Um, a meniscus tear um, does not have to be fixed. You know, this is all depending on, on how it affects the patient, what their symptoms are. Are, are they not able to do the things that they mm-hmm. want to do? You know, that's when I think surgery can be a, a, a great option. Um, I think the surgery, which is done arthroscopically, right. um, and and why we, we do it at the surgery center, um, is um, is a great option. Um, it's an outpatient surgery. It's an outpatient surgery. The the rehab, unlike some of the other ones we talked right. about, is is fairly quick. You're able right. to walk on it immediately, um, and usually within a couple of weeks, you're back doing your, your simple day to day activities. Do you still put um, immobilizers on them or a state? They used to do that many moons ago. No, no, you're 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 moving it from day one. See how dated. I am. Yeah. <laughs> See how dated I am with my immobilizer. That's that's bringing my orthopedics way back, Johnny. It's all right. We've learned since then. We've learned since then not to use the immobilizers. Right. We used to do that. We used to keep the leg really stiff. Right. You know, used to walk around and 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 drag that leg. But now it's moving it. Yeah, I mean. And is that because of the technique? That usually is the technique changed at all in regards think, to doing it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the the equipment we use has gotten a lot better. You know, I mean, we do it through through tiny incisions, so there's right. not a lot of soft tissue dissection um, that leads to other problems. Right. Um, and more pain. So and people, more scar tissue. More scar tissue. Um, I think people can tolerate ranging it and and bearing weight immediately after because of that. Do you tend to see that that repair that will last? And 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 not you won't get that repeat of the tear. Well, I, I, so one important thing I tell people is we actually don't usually repair it. Right. So that's okay. important to know. So usually it's a it's a cleanup type of procedure, oh, okay. and we're and we're trimming out the tear. Um, and I think it works really well. Um, and and typically, because um, I you know you would think that you're putting it back together when you hear tear. Right. You think you're putting it back together. The meniscus um, tissue. Um, doesn't heal very well, mm. and that's why we typically uh, don't fix them. There's only a few tear patterns that are amenable to, to repair. So most of the time, I would say even 98, 99% of the time, we're trimming out the torn fragment. Um, at the same time, you want to preserve as much of the meniscus tissue as possible. So what does the meniscus do, just to educate the audience, just so they know what the meniscus is? Because, I mean, we hear it, and I don't know that it's ever explained right. to the per, you know to the patient exactly what it is or what it's, it does. It's a type of cartilage. Okay. Um, and I think the the simplest explanation is it's like a shock absorber between the two bones. So mm-hmm. it's it's giving a little support you know between your thigh bone and your and your shin bone, the femur and the tibia. Okay. And the shock absorber is really important because over time we lose that. Right. We tend so, to lose that. It makes it worse. Right. And that's what leads to arthritis. Right. And what do you do? 
what do you do? How long? Can, I mean, there's those knee injections that people will get over mm-hmm. time, which is the joint. Can you talk a little bit about that? The, the so there's joint a replacement? gel, a gel right. uh, injection called visco supplementation, and there's there's many different Tons brands that, that we use, um, and kind of like the glucosamine, it's uh, it's just for. Um, pain, you know, it's not making the the condition any better. It's um, not pre- making you a little bit of a cushion in there. No, no, no it's giving you pain relief, and it and it's you know a lot of times it's buying you time. Um, no. Oh um, yeah. In in, in <laughs> severe you know arthritis conditions, um, but uh, I, I've actually had good results with that too, and and some people uh, do really well with that. Some people want it by that time because I think when we look at joint replacement, the scary part for all of us with joint replacement is our age. Mm-hmm. And am I going to have to have this done again? Right. With a typical joint replacement, if someone does have to have a joint replacement, how long do they typically last? Um, I, you know, I, they last longer than they used to. I mean, they're I, made I think differently you can now. Get, you know, right? for, for knees, they are. I think the the um, the implants are better. Um, you know, you can get twenty. 30 years, you know, sometimes out of, out of the um, out of the implant, but some of it's going to depend on the activity level right. and how much, you know, they're they're um, impacting the joint with, and the with weight, sports. Their weight and the too, weight, right? It's very. That's the next thing I was going to bring up is 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 a big plays a big it's role tough. in that. You know, the 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 bigger the person, the more weight is being distributed across that joint. And the hard thing for patients if they really have inactivity due to they're compromising their quality of life, they're probably putting weight on because they're not doing. It's a catch twenty two. Right, yeah, the exercises. You can't exercise because the knee's not letting you. Yeah. I know my husband is down that road. I don't know when it's going to bring us to that total knee, but we just keep shooting him up and buying that time, waiting for the happy retirement when I can just let him sit home and heal. And I have to worry about doing too much outside of that. But I know it's it's definitely one of those things you try to put off till you're in your 60s. Okay, now maybe I really need to do it. But then, you know, you really have to look at your healing process, too. The older you are, I'm sure the tougher it is. Yeah, and and you know the older you are, the more medical problems you typically right, have you too, to have, which right. can lead to complications. Also, it is is definitely a catch twenty two. So we talked a ton about sports medicine. We talked a lot about different sports injuries. So if we had a takeaway to take a step back and look at what we've encompassed, what would you tell a younger population that's in sports to help prevent some of those injuries? Yeah, I, I think uh, something I tell patients uh, often is cross train. Cross train. I, I think mm-hmm. you know to do the same activity over and over and over again. I think is what typically leads to problems. So, by by you know if you're a runner, run maybe two three days a week and then bike or swim the other you know the other times rather than running six to seven that's, days a week. That's interesting. I don't think that people realize that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're 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 using different muscles. You're you're putting different loads on different joints, and it's um, it's not the same thing over and over again that leads to these overuse type of problems. Because I think people think that they need to do the same thing, the same sport, so they get really good at it. Right, and you they know? and they enjoy it. And they know? enjoy that's, it because that's, that's the, the one why too. they chose it. Right, because they really enjoy it. But it's so true. I mean, even leisurely biking, swimming is probably one of the best conditioning things you could do. Swimming, swimming is a great form of exercise. Because you know, there's no stress bearing. on the joints. Well. For shoulders, for shoulders, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not if a I... lot of shoulder problems in swimmers, <laughs> but but for lower extremity, for a person with knee arthritis, that's a great form. It's of one exercise. of the best things, right? 
It's definitely one of the best things. I know that, you know, after any type of a, a hip surgery or knee surgery, they try to get you back in the pool. Right. I know after my husband had a stroke, one of the be- first things they did with him was get him in a pool because it just relaxes all your muscles and right. your joints and it helps you to the, have that freedom. Yeah, the buoyancy of the water. You know, just is, helps is, to abs- absolutely. Right. What else would you say to a young kid that is? I, I really worry about our young baseball players throwing those balls. Right. I, I think another thing is patience. Patience. You know, and and you know there. You know, I think we're in a society now with with things are instant. Yeah. You know, with the internet and computers, and um, sometimes it, things take time. Yeah, you know, they take and, time. And um, I think you, you just have to be patient and, and allow things to heal on their own. And get and, and give them that time. Right. Give it that time. Well, we have a few more minutes. I just want to thank you again for joining us tonight. And while I pull up my phone, I also want to make sure that everybody knows that we have our Naugatuck Valley Surgical Center, where Dr. Rodin um, is part of our incredible team, and he is the chairman of our orthopedic um, surgery division at St. Mary's Hospital. And he can be find, found at 1211 West Main Street for Waterbury Orthopedics. If you want to look them up on their website, it's waterburyortho.com. And you can pull up his bio as well as Dr. Olson's and Dr. Marianne. Dr. Mariani is our female orthopedic in the group, and I love her. <laughs> Dr. Michelle Mariani, she's incredible. She's done a few programs. You know, she hangs with the girls. She, oh, yeah. she likes she to hang, hang with, with the boys, She too. can hang with the boys, too, <laughs> definitely. And she's been a rock star for us with our Spirit of Women program. And we are so happy that you are part of our team at the Surgery Center. So thank you so much. Well, thanks for having for, me. Oh, absolutely. So if you want to know more about um, orthopedic um, surgery and you want to know some more about um, sports medicine, then please go to waterburyortho.com or visit our web- website, stmh.org. They're kicking me off for the football game. I mean, for the basketball game. Good luck, Sacred Heart. Um, so we will join you again um, next week. And this is Robin, I'm sorry, in two weeks, Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital, medically speaking, exceptional care, every patient, every day. Have a great night. Mm-hmm.